Season six. That's crazy to say. Five years of doing this. <laughs> it uh you know, time definitely flies. And I, I think it's fair to, you know, say that collectively here because we have the founding member of He's Done It back when it was the Ben and Corey podcast, Benjamin Carlson joining us. Hello, hello. It's uh it's good to be back and it's it's crazy to be kicking off season six. Uh, you know, they said we wouldn't we wouldn't make it this long. They said we wouldn't make it past season three, and uh, we let alone season four. And here we are at season six. I'm surprised yeah. as well, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> to be fair, you know, Benjamin didn't make it past season three of He's Done It before <laughs> transitioning full time into Affable Chat. But um, you know, Brian and I suck it out, and I think it's nice that all three of us are together because Brian Wells was not here the last time we had Benjamin on. He's done it, so uh, definitely exciting that the three of us are are all on a podcast together again, like the uh, the good old days. <laughs> I'm excited. I don't know. I you know it's it's. I think it's coming across strongly in my voice as well. How excited I am to be here for season six. You know, look looking back at one of the seasons where it was all three of us like together for. You know, in a whole season, or it was a whole season, right? Where it was season all- two, I think, was the only full season. Um, maybe season three. I'm trying to remember the timeline. Basically, COVID was like the deciding factor and things breaking up. Well, just looking back on when we were all three of us were together, I loved when we would we would do our picks of for every NFL slate and like our upset or or uh, or whatever like our picks were. I I love the time when. We all, uh, all three of us, we put out a sentence or a paragraph of crapping on Jason Garrett and his. <laughs> and his cl- I knew you were clapping. Say that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was yeah, well, that was one of my favorites. Yeah, one of you started that. I mean, this, this is strictly a Twitter reference and no longer a podcast reference. But yeah, one of you started it, and then the other followed. So I was like, I guess I got to do I, this too. I think <laughs> yeah, I think Ben is the one who started it, but then uh, I decided to follow it up, and then it's like, well, Corey, you got to put out something about had clapping to at that too. point. Yep. Yep. <laughs> And uh, yeah, that was like one of his last games as head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. So um, anyway, season six, uh, the past couple seasons, I think we, we've kind of done like little different than some of the older stuff. Uh, so we have started with a guest in our first you know, new episode of the season post Super Bowl. Um, last year it was Benjamin Carlson and Kenny Cashman. This year we said, let's just go back to the three and we'll have Kenny on at a a later date, hopefully, definitely. What am I saying? (laughs) Um, but I think that, uh, we have some changes that we're hoping to do in season six, uh, at least until football season starts. And I think Brian and I have talked about this plenty of times, not just in recent months, but in recent years that, we feel very strongly and confident in our ability to analyze the National Football League because it's easier to follow on a full year, full league scale, one week, or I guess one game of like, you know, every week we play fantasy football. Like it's easier to stay in tune than some of the other sports where it's like we kind of feel good about our teams, but we're relatively casual at times when it comes to the whole league. So. Our goal is to kind of not just this episode, but all episodes moving forward, more conversational about sports and non-sports. We are a mostly sports podcast, after all. 
Um, and this is kind of our first one uh, that we're going to look to experiment with that and really just kind of have some unfiltered conversations about the latest happenings in the sports and pop culture world. So uh, I guess we'll see how everything plays out. I think, you know, one one thing that I've thought about is whether or not I want to kind of drop the whole family friendly aspect that we've had to this podcast yeah and i like i don't think that it's relevant anymore at this point like we haven't really had a like i don't know there's really much of a benefit to it not saying that we need to be dropping f-bombs every single sentence but i i I feel like we hold back on certain contents that we only can go like 90 percent of the way there so i i think that yeah that seems like very reasonable to make that the new standard moving forward how does that sound six you guys should make some like promotional material where you put uh like the caution tape across your mouth like (laughs) he's done it unfiltered yeah season (laughs) six a mostly sports podcast mostly we talk about sports but the rest of the time is just cuss words (laughs) (laughs) um yeah, I mean, I guess we can uh, jump into it and say. <laughs> well, hold on. I do want to say uh, we at, we at Affable Chat have been, you know, quote unquote explicit since the beginning. Mm-hmm. This is yes, a decision you have. you have to make when you're publishing your podcast. But we don't think of ourselves as, you know, a gutter mouth convention when we're uh, talking <laughs> about uh, no no i i totally agree and that's but, kind but, of what but, i i would want out of this right and the reason well, I, we... I thought this was a podcast <laughs> not a gutter mouth convention <laughs> exactly. but but the reason we did that was as basically insurance if you uh, listen to our podcast and something we say offends you um you knew the risk when you saw the little e next to the podcast so that you know that's on you it, with Doing a when when we were creating Apple Chat as a pot, as a platform, and I think the same thing kind of the idea uh, is similar. If or he's done it, and and even before that, when it was the Ben and Corey podcast, this is a place for us to just express ourselves. We're not necessarily yeah. trying to get Nike to uh, advertise shoes in between sentences about sports uh, or, or or movies in the case of Apple Chat. So. Um, there's no reason for, to restrict ourselves. So putting that big E, uh, that E is at least one of, if not both of the E's in the word freedom, uh, because we're we're just trying to be able to be, say what we want to say without risk of being censored for cussing or otherwise. Exactly. E, e in this I, case does not mean oh. E for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it is the, the exact opposite. Uh, and I, I think that, it would probably just be more entertaining to just feel like you can say things and not worry about who might be listening on the other end. So e for entertaining. Yeah. And to be yeah. fair, like this is not licensed to say literally. Anything. <laughs> no. Yes, but I agree. Yeah. I, I do think that maybe this is just part of getting older, but maybe it's that times genuinely are changing. I don't think that cuss words are really, you know, Breaking people's heart the way it used to. Uh, yes, so, I, like, I, agree it, with I think that. people actually are open to the idea that the aca- the occasional. I mean, can I go ahead and like? Yeah, I mean, if you want to be the first one, go for it. <laughs> technically, you're so- not. There have been some in the past where I've had to mark as explicit, but like, I do want to. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> well, if, you know, I think people are actually very up for the idea of someone saying shit 
or ass uh-huh. when they're talking about how a sports team is doing. I think that's totally oh yeah, totally fine. no, I I agree. I mean, there are plenty of times where I would love to just talk about you know the Steelers or another team and just shit on them and say they're fucking terrible, <laughs> and I haven't in the past. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I've used I've used shit ass bitch other ones in the past, but there are ones that are, that are way too far. I'm not yeah. a fan of the C word. Like that's a word that I don't say. So. Oh no, I'm I'm not either. Yeah, but you know, and, and the occasional f bomb for emphasis. There's nothing wrong exactly. with that. Um, right, right. Anyway, though, you know, we you were mentioning affable chat and how you, uh, you know, have had this explicit podcast pretty much the entire time, or literally the entire time, and we really appreciate that you're coming on because you were just recording a new episode of affable chat. I was going to make a joke earlier that you were doing the uh, the future Oscar winning movie Cocaine Bear, and then you straight up said, <laughs> "Yeah, we just did Cocaine Bear." <laughs> so we uh, yes, I went and saw it on opening day, and we just nice. recorded our episode on it. Oh boy, that yeah. movie! I mean, <laughs> it's so it's based off of a true story, kind of. Yeah, but kind like of. I think it's inspired. Like I don't think the the what happens in this is like actually what happened. I think it's it's supposed to be like, oh, but what if this is what happened when this bear had cocaine? You're exactly right. Um, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that the bear kills people in the movie. And <laughs> you in can real see life, it in the trailer. Yeah, uh-huh. in real life, the bear kills no one or okay. killed no one. Uh, yeah. So they really took some creative liberties, and and to say that this is inspired by a true event. It d- technically does matter in the movie, but it doesn't matter. Like it's it's, it's based off true events, right? Or, or but it's not. It, it's over exaggerated. It's like if you're drinking uh like a sprite, and then the ingredients list says based on the the true story of lime and lemon. You know, like it's, it's, uh. there's a lot more going on here that's just not even close to what's in the original thing. <laughs> um, I love that the so I was like Wikipediaing cocaine bear real life just to i think i wanted to actually read about it and i stopped when i saw that the nickname for the bear is pablo escobar i was like that is amazing (laughs) (laughs) that was one one detail i'd never seen yeah yeah that that was great i mean the true story is interesting in itself in the fact that like uh you know cocaine fell out of the sky and Mm -hmm. a bear ate a lot of cocaine i mean that's funny uh but the movie beyond that takes like complete creative liberties and uh i mean you can listen to our episode to decide if you well we we had some thoughts on the direction they went in so i don't want to spoil anything on this podcast Uh so i'll leave our viewers to make their own opinion or listeners to make their own opinion but uh this (laughs) i don't know I, i i don't want to make people's mind up for them but I also can't endorse going to see this movie. <laughs> okay. I I have not heard great things about it from like the few people that I've I've know that have seen it already. Well, yeah, so. and it's that's one of our like tenants on Affable Chat is that um, even though Joey and I are critics, we watch movies and then we record ourselves speaking our opinions on them. But we encourage our listeners and anybody that we talk to to go and make your own opinions. I think a problem with movies is that people are really uh, you know, high and mighty about their opinions, uh, especially having the correct opinions on movies. You know, this movie uh-huh. is good and this movie is bad. Oh, you liked that movie? You're an idiot, uh, which is a fun debate to have. But sometimes I think people genuinely let that turn them off from 
cinema because they feel like they don't have whatever that is that critics have that lets them say whether a movie is good or bad. Uh, but it's way more nuanced than that. And you can enjoy a movie because you have your own reasons to enjoy it. Uh, there are plenty of terrible movies that I like uh, or, be- or great movies, right, that, that I hate because I watch them and, and take things away from them that I take away from them. It's, it's just like any other art form. It, uh, it's in the eye of the beholder. So it's up to you to make your own opinion, even if that opinion is about cocaine bear. <laughs> so, Corey, I, I, I watched uh, the two movies I've watched this month in theaters are two movies that you are not going to watch. I assume <laughs> oh, 80 for Brady. That was one of them. It was it was ridiculous and it okay. was based off true events. <laughs> yes, that is I mean, that is one thing that is is fair about that on. But I, I don't think uh a spoiler alert, there's a part where one of the characters is talking with Brady. <laughs> oh uh, Okay. Uh, on the headset. And that and she's the reason why they came back and won. Oh, that's funny. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Like to not give up and get back in this game, and That's so, awesome. th- so it was really, really ridiculous at times. But at the same time, I actually did like it. It was better than I thought it'd be. And I'll admit, maybe there's some bias just being a Patriots fan and getting to live, relive the glory days because they'll never be that good again. Uh, and then the other movie <laughs> oh, I watched. Boo hoo! I know, I know. The greatest franchise in existence again. I know. Like, oh no. <laughs> what a shame. Uh, the and the other movie I watched uh, was Avatar, the 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 sequel. Oh yeah. Which, and, and you you talked about how much you did not care for the first Avatar, so I'm sure you're not going to watch the second one, especially given that it's well, a three plus hour movie. Yeah, I mean, I I have not been back in a movie theater since pre COVID. Uh, I was never a big fan of movie theaters in general. Um, I think eventually I will, but there have been so many movies that I was like, oh, this is a movie that I should go see in theaters, and I just don't see it. Um, Yeah, I I think we've been liberated from the movie theaters, which is weird to hear, I think, coming from like a movie guy, but Mm -hmm. it actually You could say it's a dying business. Oh, yeah. That it's a dying business. Oh yeah, well, you know, maybe you not dying business, make, but no, 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 no. You could definitely make the argument that the theaters themselves are dying. Like I yes. think people still make movies, and you can, we have a completely separate conversation. <laughs> well, that, about, that's what like, I meant, and that people, less people are going to yeah. go to the theaters now because it's like, hey, why, why don't I just watch this at home uh, at a, right. anytime I want? Yeah, well, no distractions or anything. Distractions and with bathroom breaks. That too. <laughs> yep, you know, yep. I had. <laughs> I had to use the bathroom once uh, during Avatar. I Me never too. want to use the bathroom during during a movie when I'm in the theaters. But three hour movie uh, and and ha- and eating beforehand, like I I had to use it. Yeah, well, it's like I don't know when I when my normal bo- like bodily functions when I keep myself par- properly hydrated, I'm going to the bathroom within a three hour span for sure. So like. I just, it's frustrating to have to do that, especially when you're, you've spent the last few years not going to theaters and enjoying the, uh, the liberty to, to, to pause. So I agree. And also people in theaters are annoying. Uh, you know, people have bad movie theater etiquette and that can honestly really impact your experience. Little kids running around during Spider-Man. Hey kid, it's literally Spider-Man. If this can't keep your attention, then, uh, I, well, nothing will. And I guess it's like you're asking this of kids, uh, which maybe we should just have theaters that don't allow kids. But you can just avoid all of that by watching it in your own living room, uh, which I think people are noticing. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree with that. I have not had to deal with 
uh, a movie situation being interrupted by an outside person other than like watching movies with families like all right let's pause it to use the bathroom and refill our drink kind of thing so right which i, I mean I, a, when i went to see avatar there was a like a scene where there's a baby like on screen it's like a baby uh navi and it was crying and i was like dang the crying even the crying is hyper realistic i mean this sounds like there's an actual baby in the room with me crying right now and then (laughs) after that scene ended the crying continued and somebody or maybe two somebody's had literally brought a real life baby to see a three hour long movie (laughs) that's are you kidding me? So that's, yeah, you don't Crazy. need, yeah, it, I, I agree. I think that we're going through kind of a transformation of like this, the cinema. And I don't know if the, the future is like private viewing rooms. I feel like that probably comes with its own <laughs> bag of worms, but yeah. uh, our can of worms, but the, uh, the, I don't know. I mean, it was very empty on uh Friday when I had to see cocaine bear so uh, oh, that when i went to see avatar ha- half of the places no more than half of the seats were empty yeah i had i had basically like uh, just you know whole road to, <laughs> to myself yeah and that movie did well still you know so imagine movies that aren't like selling out like cocaine bear it sounds like given that that was the <laughs> opening weekend when you saw it and brian saw avatar like two months after it was released <laughs> to be fair, i was surprised i was still in theaters <laughs> to be yeah fair, i know I, I, I saw uh-huh. Cocaine Bear at 11.30 a.m. on a Friday, so I okay. can't blame uh, some of the big Cocaine Bear fans for being at work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Uh, anyway, I guess uh, we can kind of transition from here into the you know the first planned topic I had. And um, last weekend, I almost got to see Benjamin in real life, but... I didn't. Um, he was in Raleigh. I was in San Diego. So, and like, you know, obviously it would have been nice to see you there. I am not upset that I wasn't around like that specific weekend because I had never been to California before. So, you know, obviously first time in San Diego, I thought it was incredible. I had such a great time out there. The weather wasn't even like that great. It was sunny, but it was barely in the 60s the whole time, like during the day, really cold at night. Still really enjoyed myself. Um, glad I can say that I have now been to California. You know, I know the you have family in San Francisco. That's where the, the 49ers fandom comes from. So yeah, you have Niners. been out there. Brian, have you been to California? Uh, yeah, yeah. I've been, okay. I've been several times. Uh, okay, I thought I so. Mean, I'll, oh, I will be fair, though. Uh, so I've been there, I don't know, like four or five times, but like several of those times, except once, I was like six or seven or eight or whatever. Okay. Uh, the one time I went older was about five years ago for a cousin's wedding, uh, which was, which was fun and got to try In-N-Out Burger for the first time. Did you get to go to In-N-Out Burger or have you been to In-N-Out Burger? Yeah. Yeah. So I have had In-N-Out enough that like the allure of it has worn off and I'm like, it's just like a regular burger, but we did go to In-N-Out as a first stop after leaving the airport in San Diego. It was just, there was one a mile away. One of the, uh, so there were four of us who were driving out to Yucca Valley, which is 15 minutes from Joshua Tree National Park. Fun fact, there's not just one Joshua Tree. There's multiple Joshua Trees. I didn't realize that. It was a type of tree. I thought it was just one random tree in the middle of the desert that someone (laughs) called Joshua Tree. 
Uh, but anyway, one of the uh, the four of us had never been to In-N-Out. Another person hadn't been in like five or six years. And I had never been in California. I've only been in Las Vegas. I don't think there was that much of a difference. But it was like, you know what? Let's just go. And um, that'll be our, our dinner for the night. And um, don't necessarily need to go to In-N-Out again anytime soon now that I, I did go last weekend. Yeah, I mean, it's a solid fast food place. But I do think the hype... Uh, gets a little bit old after you've been a few times. I mean, there's plenty of solid fast food places. I guess because I've only been the one or two times, and the first time I went, like I was hammered, and I had animal style. <laughs> and, like the com- combination uh-huh. of all that was like, wow, this is awesome. Oh, I uh, loved it the first couple times I went. Like I, so, I totally agree. So I'll I'll be fair. If I've been if I went, you know, more than twice because mm. I've only been there a couple times. I, I probably would have the same opinion, but yeah, it, it was a couple times. It was my third time of going to In and Out where I was like, eh, you know, this isn't all that special anymore. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that is like really the the one that does it for you. As they so say, even though times a charm, yeah. So even though I'm a big fan of it, I'll probably say that to be fair, that maybe I would have the same opinion as you and others uh, if if I went more times. Like where it was just it was just awesome that that first first time or two and then the the allure allura wore off i'll tell you what what helps the allure wear off is having to wait in line for in and out burger i don't think i've ever been to an in and out that didn't have a line similar to chick-fil-a so i you know that's the type of thing that gets me to be like hmm what if i checked out this other place and i don't have to wait <laughs> yeah uh, we barely know, waited in line so that wasn't a factor but See, yes. that might be the reason why I don't care for Chick-fil-A is that every time where I I have a desire to go, I, I look at the line is like the, the drive through yeah. is up. It, there are two Usually lines, but they're both a mile long. Yeah, <laughs> Chick-fil-A is innovating new traffic patterns uh, to build around your restaurant because there's just a craze. There's so many people going to Chick-fil-A. It's actually, uh, I think, could lead to the greatest uh, transformation of American transportation that we've ever seen in our lifetime. Uh, this is truly the catalyst, I think, that could bring about some 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 real change. The Chick-fil-A drive-thru? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean... They do it, a good it, job with it. They do. The one like, close long, to my... But... The one I live closest to, uh, that uh, intersection is, is for is for horses okay that is what that intersection was built to be able to manage the traffic up all right is horses that might have a a carriage behind it but now it is subject to the post-church rush (laughs) or rather not post-church but post uh post uh youth group wednesday night rush yeah of 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 people who want to get their chicken on and uh, the, the, if you're trying to go anywhere but Chick-fil-A when you encounter that intersection, uh, you're in for a, a horrible surprise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, um, I think that them not being open for the post-church rush on Sundays is a big reason why it's always crazy the other six days of the week. It's a big reason why Bojangles is still in business. <laughs> True, yeah. I know. I say the majority of the time I go to Bojangles is on a Sunday, I think can't help but think that's not a coincidence <laughs> but anyway i guess i would like to hear a little bit about your raleigh experience without me um i saw you i think you were at morgan street food hall when you sent me a snapchat and then i, I didn't see any other in like 
uh, yes. evidence that you were in Raleigh. My but. my usual haunt, Morgan Street Food Hall. Uh-huh. I went there and got a. It's a great, great, rather place. disappointing lobster roll. Uh, that I was. You know, I mean, you take a risk when you're that far away from Maine getting your, yeah. your lobster. Uh, but you know, I, I, not not to say that it was terrible, but uh, disappointing. I think is the the right word for it. Uh, and then we we went for a walk in some park that was close to it. I forgot the name of it. It was some guy named after some guy. And we we, we ran into a nerd festival that was going on there. It's okay. uh, some. It was like all these different like Marvel and Dungeons and Dragons and all these other fandoms. So like cosplaying and, stuff. Yeah, yeah. There were people definitely in costumes, and and there were booths set up with in like private vendors who were selling their wares. I ended up buying a uh, cat toy because I was going to visit my co-host Joey at his house uh, uh, near Raleigh and he has a cat so I bought this eight-sided die uh, like cat toy with um, okay catnip inside of it oh, so nice. you know how much cats love catnip so I picked that up at the you know it supported a local business and then we continued our walk I even walked past that that rowdy uh, part of town where there's like houses that become bars and it's right across the street from um, the Raleigh tap room or something or beer garden, beer garden. I think so. Yes. Uh, I assume so, you're talking about Cornerstone bar that with the houses. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. My, I was actually all just all there my last memories night of the being at that place <laughs> are, uh, are fuzzy, you know, it's, I don't think yeah. in and, and dark also. So, uh, so yeah, we and went I, there. I assume then, yeah. you did not go to the hockey game. That, was that is correct, on. but I, I, you know, I, I must have been the only person in town that day who wasn't <laughs> going to that hockey game because there uh-huh. were a lot of jerseys out there. I think it, it was the Capitals against yes. the uh, Capitals against the, the Hurricanes. Canes. Yeah, I yeah. Uh, stadium I, series. I sh- I shouted a few uh, "Go Avs" uh, out <laughs> at those guys. But nice. uh, didn't see a whole lot of Avs supporters. <laughs> Must have been a lot of confused looks <laughs> for for go Avs in a, in a Caps Hurricanes <laughs> game. <laughs> well, yeah. well, I wasn't at the game. I, I was just walking around town. But there were a lot of there was a lot of jerseys, and um, we ended up uh, bar hopping uh, that night. And the game was on uh, all over the place, mm-hmm. which is I actually really like the Stadium Series for the NHL. We know we've talked about it's it. It's a really cool event. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's very. I love when you make the sport like you take advantage of the outdoor nature of a sport that can be indoor or outdoor uh mm-hmm. i i think the nfl or the nba needs to get their act together uh and, and actually play some blacktop uh maybe that could be something that they you know bring in a little bit later because the nhl made it look very very cool the pomp and circumstance was definitely on full display it's definitely cool, a cool event. And I, I know the Bruins have played at Fenway, Fenway Park, uh, where the Red Sox play a couple times. They they yeah, once played at year. Gillette, Gillette Stadium. They got their ass kicked in that game versus Montreal. So, like the game was horrible, but the just the <laughs> sights of it, watching it on TV, was cool. And I'd imagine it was even better if you were there in person. And, have and, they yeah, ever like, played at Thirty Rock? No. Is that big enough for hockey? The- 
Is that so? Like the ice rink where like Buddy the Elf? It, yeah. Yes. No, they oh have not. <laughs> well, no, they they've definitely done some New York. I think they've done Yankee Stadium. They I don't know. They feel like they've well, done I know that. Life. I know it's the stadium series, but to me, it's the outdoor yeah. series. Like that's the oh, yeah. real like appeal. Is I that just don't know from like a fan's perspective how that would work. Right, well, but it's not about the fans at that point. That the point now yeah, it's about well, playing hockey in obscure places. During uh, well, the, so they, the they Bruins had a, once played at Lake Tahoe, Lake Tahoe versus the Flyers years Dude, ago. Dude, are you kidding me? That's awesome. Yeah, it's like there weren't there weren't like fans there really, but the scenery it was during was it was during COVID. Yeah, it was like yeah. in, in twenty twenty one. COVID? I can't believe I didn't hear about this. There was a five hour delay because of glare. They tried to play during the day and they're like, nope, it's way too sunny. <laughs> <laughs> so they played the first period, very dangerous conditions, and then waited five hours <laughs> until after sunset to start the second period. <laughs> Wait, which, where was this again? Lake Tahoe. Lake Tahoe. I, I like the idea that two hockey teams were just like vacationing at Lake Tahoe and they like came across each other and was like, okay, we have to <laughs> play now. We have to battle this one out. Uh, I, I mean, that's awesome. Uh, have they ever tried to play at like the top of a mountain or something in like some frozen pond where they could uh, no, like, that's... fly like off the side and, and like that, really yeah. take the stakes to a new level? <laughs> that's the only time the NHL has had an event that's not at just like a different sports stadium. So, well, I applaud that. That's even if they had a five hour delay, uh, that's that's a really awesome idea. And like I said, other sports need to pick it up. I mean, you really are pretty limited on which sports could pick it up because you could argue that soccer and football already do that all the time um, by switching indoor and outdoor, like just depending on who's hosting. But really we're looking at you NBA. You need to get your act together and let us see some skinned knees uh, on the blacktop uh, where our players are actually playing behind like a local high school or something. I know the college basketball, they've had a few games where it's taken place on a carrier. I, I, know, yeah. I know they've done that, but that's, yeah. that's the, I, I don't, I can't think the NBA hasn't really done anything. No, like I don't that, think right? the NBA is on that. No. That's so the, the, the college basketball, movie? no, it was, was stationary, it but it was super, <laughs> no, <laughs> he does it was a very windy shot. That's yeah, that's, was, that's like the thing. Like it's, it's, it was a cool concept, but like, yeah, it wasn't during a war. Yeah. Yeah, it's a morale. It wasn't, ta- it wasn't taken during a legit battle. <laughs> it was like, uh-huh. uh, uh, but no, go ahead, Corey. No, I just say like it, it was not like the concept was really cool, but like the execution of the event wasn't the best because it's super super windy and <laughs> yeah, you're basically the, playing the a basketball offense. game in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, <laughs> like, I I've tried playing basketball on a cruise. Nothing makes me feel worse about my game, <laughs> given that my jump shot is like the one thing that makes me like relevant. And I'm trying to shoot a basketball in the wind and like having it go like ten feet to the right of the basket. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean that's it's not ideal conditions for basketball. Uh, Blacktop would be much better. Right, it's true, but um, you know, rain and uh, snow are not the ideal conditions for. Uh, football or soccer and they still tough it out right like make the conditions part of the game you know the uh those uh timber wolves are are really good because they play all season in the snow and then uh <laughs> come come playoff time i guess it wouldn't matter because it's not in uh, the <laughs> uh, i guess this analog doesn't fit perfectly from football to basketball but even just as a gimmick i would love to see it i mean maybe baseball is the him- worst when it comes to that stuff you guys should hear 
George Carlin's bit on football and baseball, where he, when he talks about football, it's like, football is played in any kind of weather. Rain, sleet, snow, can't see the players' names on the field, can't see the players' numbers. <laughs> baseball, if it rains, we don't play. <laughs> <laughs> it's It's more of a safety concern with baseball, but yeah. I don't know. Right, um, safety is not a concern in football. <laughs> no, they, you're right. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. It's true. <laughs> uh, I know they don't. They, what do you mean the player's safety always comes first to the NFL? Uh, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, forcing a guy to play through three concussions in one season. Uh, oh, player safety comes first. That's before, right. Before all else. There you go. We've spent a lot of time talking about various sports here. I don't know which one makes the most sense to transition to. I figured when we brought up Stadium Series, NHL would be easy, but we just talked about four other sports that we could just jump into. I guess, like, my only things that I would say about the NHL is Brian is having the time of his life as a Bruins fan, and the Penguins are just a disaster right now, and I'm not excited about talking about the Stanley Cup playoffs in a couple months. Oh, trust me, when it comes to the Bruins, though... Like, yeah, I'm having the time of my, my life right now, but I'm just They'll expecting the heartbreak. <laughs> if, 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 yeah. you're, if, if you're not expecting heartbreak at a later point in the year, then you're not a real Bruins fan. <laughs> I don't care how good it's, it is right now. It, all that matters is winning a Stanley Cup, and you just expect them to fail at the worst possible time and break your heart into a million pieces. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that 2011 playoff run is just like crazy thinking about what has See, yeah looking back on it that's since. the outlier uh-huh. that tim thomas tim being thomas a, exactly a legit br- uh brick wall is the outlier uh-huh. instead of uh tuka rask and uh, it like jeremy swayman and what is it linus allmark yeah linus allmark, those guys yeah. yeah they don't s- have names that sound like they should be like elite stanley cup well, winning goalies but i think they're actually much better than their name suggests yeah so for linus allmark when they signed him last year, he, he was yeah he he really was just a just a guy last year. I I thought it was a mistake when they brought him in last year at the contract that they gave him, but this year oh it's it's he's been by far and away the best goalie, and he even scored a goal yesterday, yeah, which is that. incredible. Uh-huh. Uh, that that was that was awesome to to watch. I was watching the Bruins when that happened, and then wait, and then wait Jeremy Swayman like the full court shot, full court. Shot a court? Uh, the goalie scoring a goal oh, for yeah. full, uh, yeah, full right. rank. Yeah. He was on the yeah. hockey court and he took a shot. <laughs> yeah, <But> that, <laughs> I saw that. I saw him. Uh, why was why did that work? He shot it over all the players, and there was no one, none of the Canucks players were back uh, on their own end when it happened. And so, where's their when goalie? you're down when you're down by a goal, right? And there's only a minute or two left, you put in an you put it on an extra player. Uh, to help you get that tying goal. And because of that, you need to take out the goalie because there are six men on the ice, five skaters and a goalie. And to improve your chances of scoring a goal to tie the game, you put it on, you put on a sixth skater, but the risk is your goalie is not in the net. And it, it, that's like a kind of a hail Mary. I mean, it sounds like that it's, pretty hard to score so you'd probably be yeah like, it, most of the time it does not work most of the time yeah. no most of the time the other team scores instead of you yeah exactly empty net. yeah ben, but he's a he's a real life tweet version of uh the, the goalie just said fuck it and left <laughs> <laughs> yeah that guy ended up being a blues fan when they won the stanley cup so but hey that's the reality is 
Uh, Benjamin Carlson, noted Colorado Avalanche fan, has more Stanley Cups in the past few years than either Brian and I do with the Penguins. That's right. <laughs> it is sweet to be an Avs fan, let me tell you. I, I, I of all people, can tell you that it's great being an Avs fan. Uh-huh. For I have watched uh, more than just the one game that I went and saw. That's person. that's good to know. <laughs> Did you watch them when they won it all? Uh, um. You know, when they won it all, it was such a visceral experience. To say that I watched it wouldn't really be truthful as much as I, uh, I, you know, experienced it and lived it. Really, would that's be a long way accurate. of saying no. <laughs> a lot of people were saying no, especially the fans of the team we were playing, as we, the Avs, won, and uh, in in very victorious fashion, I might add. Go that's, Avs! Yeah. No, they're they're uh they're they're starting to look better now at this point. They they got off to a slow start. Um, yeah, Penguins fans were uh, chanting "Fire Hextall" as they got destroyed seven to two to the Oilers the other night. Did end up beating the Blues in overtime, which like Blues two L's to the Penguins in one day. One claiming Kasperi Kapanen off waivers and taking the uh the Penguins cap hit away, and then also losing in the real life game a couple hours later. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this Penguin season has been very frustrating. And like you can say, oh, well, you would expect that when you bring back a bunch of 36-year-olds. Those are the best players on the team. It's everybody else sucks. So well, It's kind of with the Bruins. Like the, All their best players are in their mid-30s, too. Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin haven't missed a game this season. Like They've dealt with injuries for the past few years, and the Penguins have still found a way to be really good. And now this year they stay healthy, and it's like, oh, everyone else on the team sucks. Brock McGinn. The Eastern, Con- the Eastern Conference, though, is loaded. Now. It is, yeah. I mean, it's way better than the West. Brock McGinn has played in 24 straight games. Guess how many points he has in those 24 games? Two. Zero. Oh, man, that's How bad. do you go 24 <laughs> games as a forward without accidentally scoring a goal or accidentally having an assist? Just insane, like, how bad this team is and... Yeah, just wasting like one of the last few prime years of Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. Very frustrating. So, yeah, I watched that game yesterday, and it was absurd that that Crosby got like twenty penalty minutes over just falling to the ice. Maybe he embellished <laughs> uh, a little bit, but the fact that yeah. he got thrown out of a game for that is is absurd. Mm-hmm. He should maybe he should have at worst he should have gotten maybe two minutes for embellishment. I don't know, like. Even I mean, it's Sidney Crosby. It is like the NBA would never do that to LeBron. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, anyway, um, let's talk about a sport that uh, Benjamin has a little more interest and understanding in. That's football. Uh, we were hoping to have you on post-NFC Championship to talk about the 49ers going back to the Super Bowl, and obviously that did not happen. Um uh, didn't have a quarterback in the second half. And now there's like a lot of questions about the future of the quarterback. I'm just kind of curious, like what your thoughts are with, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, a free agent, Brock Purdy and Trey Lance coming off injuries. It is a really tough position to be in because while losing your quarterback and then losing your backup as well is like the best excuse possible to be like, Oh, like, not our fault. The unlucky, you know, we still are like could have beat them. It you still lost, you know, and it doesn't it, it doesn't change anything about the result. Uh, and it's also you can't say anything when obnoxious Eagles fans say 
that they exposed the Niners because coming back and saying like, oh, no, 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 excuses, excuses, they can just be like, scoreboard, scoreboard, we crushed you guys. And there's you have no comeback to that. So it has been a very, it was a very challenging two weeks uh, post NFC championship because uh, it's easy to say, oh, just ignore the disingenuous takes like that. But they still stung. You know, people saying it's like, yeah, like the 49ers aren't that good. It didn't matter because, uh, you know, it it didn't matter who their quarterback was. The Eagles are always going to smash them, Um, which to be fair, the Eagles are a really good team. So it's like at the same time, you can't come back and say the Niners definitely would have won if they still had Brock. But it's it's the height of uh, what if scenarios when you, you, you just don't get to know. So that was devastating. Losing sucks anyways in the postseason, but uh, this was a new flavor of despair that I had not met, I had not tasted yet. So uh, that was interesting. Uh, To make matters worse, Brock Purdy is injured, and it's a serious injury. They talked about doing a like less invasive procedure, which was some sort of brace that they like put into his arm, and then he's supposed to recover in six months and be throwing before training camp. But that surgery doesn't happen because his inflammation oh, really? hasn't gone down. Yeah. yeah, it didn't happen because oh. of inflammation, right? Huh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. so it's still up in the air. Who knows? Maybe he's still the 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 uh, those dreaded words, that dreaded name, Tommy Johns. You know, yeah, uh, that keeps coming back up. And while I've heard still optimism, like all we have to do is wait for the inflammation to go down. This is still the direction we're headed. Once he gets that surgery then it's the six months begins but he'll be able to start throwing three months into that and then you know that by the end of the six months he's fully back it's not just six months recovery and then he can start doing football stuff again so the prognosis is still generally positive but it, you know we would love to be a little more certain on that I would, I would love to have the surgery behind us and to say all right everything went well because you, you never know what happens once they get in there that's another thing i had to learn uh hearing about brock purdy is that you really don't know what's in there until you get in there so it's possible that even on surgery day they get in there and they go oh no we can't do this we have to brock purdy has to retire today so uh i don't know yeah that's i think there's the- just way too much uncertainty with purdy right now and then and then when it comes to Jimmy, uh, Shanahan uh, and John Lynch, like they were in a press conference and they were asked about Jimmy about possibly returning, and Shanahan just straight up said, "Like no, like that, it's like not happening." Which uh, I'll believe it when I see it. But I do, I do love <laughs> that. I do love that Twitter account that is like drawing Jimmy G day three eighty seven yeah. until he gets traded. I love seeing all those pictures. That uh, is, which the- is great. Yeah, that um, woman's like uh, commitment to the bit is really incredible because when she started that streak, it was imminent. Jimmy was like definitely going to get traded, and then it was more likely that he wasn't going to get traded, but at least he wouldn't be a Niner. And then now, uh, I mean, <laughs> now it's gone off the rails. I'm, well, I'm I'm trying to think. Did, didn't the league calendar already end? I'm pretty sure Jimmy Garoppolo currently is not a 49er. He's so like, a free agent. The new year starts, I think, like March fifteenth ish. Okay. I don't know if it means that it ends the day before, like how that works. Um, well, his, they his contract could sign expired. him to an extension, right? Like, his contract is expiring though, and the Forty ers yeah. currently have 
two potential players that in like the most important position that could be starters at the low end of the salary spectrum. And, and mm-hmm. that's what they're going to commit to. The The thing that happened with Jimmy this past year, while unlikely, incredibly unlikely, uh, is not the same situation we're in right now. Um, you know, Trey Lance, while technically, because again, a lot of people right now are like the court 49ers currently have zero quarterbacks because Brock Purdy is hurt and Jimmy's not a Niner anymore. And Trey Lance is not cleared yet medically, but he's about to be right. Like he, yeah. he literally just posted on his Instagram a few days ago. He's like, I need wide receivers out in like Santa Barbara this weekend to catch passes. Like he's, he's passing again. He's going to be healthy by, <laughs> Uh, by training camp for sure like unless obviously anything can happen but like he's not going to have the same injury at least going in yeah as gruesome of as his injury was I do think he has the best chance of being the week one starter just because Brock Purdy's UCL injury he certainly could come back and be ready for training camp but like you said it's really up in the air and it could be much more serious and we still don't really know yet while Jimmy G is very, very, very likely not coming back, and uh, and so it looks like it's Trey Lance's job uh, for next season. Yeah, and and I think Jimmy will get paid handsomely to play for someone. Um, I don't think he's getting fifty-two million dollars a year like Aaron Rodgers or something like that, but he's going to get paid starter money and be a starter. I think. Um, whether yeah, I agree with that. In New Orleans or in Vegas, Las Vegas the Jets, maybe the Green Jets, Bay. Yeah. I mean, I right. think they'd probably Houston, go Jordan yeah. Love. But uh, well, yeah, Houston sh- could be a possibility. He showed nothing but promise in his like opportunities last year. So I think somebody is going to pay Jimmy. Um, I do think that this is Brock's locker room. Uh, there yeah, are that's a what lot it of guys. Like. Yes, uh-huh. and and I, I that's what I think could be a complication. Um, but assuming that Brock comes back by training camp, then I think it's his job to lose. Uh, but if Trey is the only one who's healthy when they start, I mean, th- who's to say the Niners don't use one of their many late round picks to draft another Brock Purdy? Yeah, right. Uh, and I think that 49ers definitely sign a veteran. So, and, mm-hmm. and here's the thing. If the 49ers come into next season with less than five quarterbacks on the roster, they might as well just forfeit the season. Because there's no way we're getting through the season with less than <laughs> five quarterbacks. Okay, we learned that the hard way this past season, and Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch really need to take a look in the mirror uh, at, for not bringing at least five or six quarterbacks. I think my projected depth chart for the 49ers is uh, for next season is going to be Trey Lance, Brock Purdy, some rookie that they draft, some veteran that they sign for cheap, and then Tom Brady out of retirement. I think if they, <laughs> that's going to be the minimum required for the Niners to take the field at all. Uh, because if you take a look at the Shanahan era, um, player health has been abysmal, especially at the quarterback position. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that, that's, I mean, that's how I feel. That's been a big problem for this team in the last, you know, five six years. So, it's one of the most heartbreaking things about football. It really is because you just assume your players are going to get hurt. That's what, that's another reason why this year feels so uh, devastating to lose. Obviously, it was eventually unraveled by player health, but it sucks that it was just that. I mean, is it again a different type of pain because it's just the quarterback? Somehow, Kittle is healthy, Devo is healthy, you yeah, know, right. Trent Those was guys healthy. Were always hurt. McCaffrey uh, was healthy. McCaffrey, yeah, like, McCaffrey all these was guys, never really yes. healthy. Everyone who's usually hurt was healthy at the same time. 
And um, we could, you know, it, it fell apart because we had a really bad injury to, to one person. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's just the thing. That, I mean, I, the 49ers are not alone in dealing with that. Uh, plenty of teams have had their entire seasons derailed by just an avalanche of injuries. Uh, and it's yep. just one of the most painful aspects of football, yeah, literally and, I think- and also like, you know, emotionally. A lot of times when teams have their season derailed by injuries, they at least end up with like a really solid draft pick to replenish the team. The 49ers, it was just like, oh, we keep bringing in a new quarterback that was like just as good until <laughs> literally the NFC Championship game. So you don't even have like that going for you. Yeah, Although we didn't I have our trade at the first pick. anyway. But right. Yeah. It, the 49ers actually do have a like a good bit. I, we have like 10 draft picks in this next draft it's like third round and later for all of them but mm-hmm. the they still and and john lynch has hit on some late round draft picks so i i feel actually pretty good about that and i mean we have, i've talked about it on this podcast before i am ne- i'm a, like a never tanker uh if yeah. you if yeah, you think we've had that conversations yeah if you think rooting for your team to lose means that you're like doing you're a good fan then you need to get next to john lynch and kosh and and look at yourself in the mirror uh, because it, it, you should be rooting for your, your team to win every every time. Uh, no, I, you know, I, I agree with that. It's awesome. bad karma when, when yeah. you're when you're purposely trying to do that stuff. I guess the only time I've mentioned this to Corey that the only time I will say probably would have been better to tank is uh, if the Jets <laughs> kept losing so they could get Lawrence instead of bum Zach Wilson. <laughs> sure, well, probably the one example I can think Rogers. of. We're like, ah, oh, tanking probably would have been the option there. Yeah. But, that Other is, that. I know that is one thing that everyone always goes back to. But it's like the players don't. Players want to win, about, and yeah, like yeah. most of the players on that that Jets team, or really just any team, like they don't want to, like they don't want to go out there to purposely lose. They're they're trying to do the best they can to to win. Yeah, and, and a sport as dangerous as football, it's like much easier to kind of get away with it in something like NBA, where you don't have as many like you know risks with injuries just based off of you know the contact element of it yeah so yeah but i um, will say just to not come across as completely negative the uh-huh. brock purdy experience was awesome i mean one of the oh, I'm sure. best stretches of football in my experience of being a niners fan i mean it was it ended with a whimper but it was so much fun while it was going i mean to beat the seahawks and the cowboys in the same postseason i mean amazing as this is uh i mean the cowboy fans stay salty uh with the way that the niners keep embarrassing them on the last play of the game it, i mean honestly yeah. <laughs> let's be honest they're embarrassing themselves they don't yeah. need our help uh, but it's nice that we're there to do it to them so um I, I i i i have been very negative so far but this past season rocked uh it sucks to lose that way obviously but uh you know niners still looking good next year hopefully one of our five quarterbacks uh stays healthy and we're able to uh uh, you know, take another shot at this thing because the roster is still loaded. And um, yeah, we'll see. I wouldn't go with five. I know you're just over exaggerating the number, but once it got to the fourth <laughs> guy with Josh Johnson, oh, uh, he sucked. He was <laughs> I know, I know he was terrible. I know yeah. he was. Uh, I know he was put in a bad position, but like, come on, like that that dude couldn't do anything. He he has. I think he's been on more career teams than he has career touchdowns. I, I don't I don't think I'm joking. Oh, I'm sure. That. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> half the teams he's played for aren't even in the NFL. Like he's played in the UFL, the AAF, the XFL. Uh But he's been with yeah, the Niners I mean, the, for so long to be so abysmal um was just really really I honestly was like 
after he got his concussion, it was like they're putting Brock back in. Like I, I guess I'd rather have a injured Brock Purdy than this guy. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, uh-huh. you know, not knowing that he had like destroyed his UCL, but uh, yeah, it was that was abysmal. Uh, and but at a certain point, again, and like to stop being like uh, facetious here. At a certain point, you have to expect that the quarterback play is going to drop off, right? Yeah, right. It took took longer than expected, but you know, I finally. Oh, I got thought there. I thought when one once Purdy was in there, like, oh, well, this guy's going to suck. He was Mister yeah. Irrelevant, but then oh. after a few games, like, wow, this guy can actually play. <laughs> he really can. And I, I, there were so many people who were like, no, the the Rams took Baker Mayfield. Like the Niners season is officially over. And at that point, I think Brock had already shown enough that he oh, yeah. could be the guy in this offense. Uh-huh. I wanted yeah. to give it some time, but after I remember that Seattle game, <laughs> it was I mean I it was really a George Kittle show, but I don't know just going on the road short week. He uh, was injured too, injured yeah. So that that was that was a uh, I think that I think that's when I was sold. I don't I don't remember what week, but I remember that stood out to me. Oh, here's yeah. another thing I have to, I feel like I have to address. Anybody who's saying like. Trey Lance to the Falcons confirmed like Trey Lance to the Rams confirmed you know it's like no shut up like the Niners are not trading Trey Lance first of all I don't think his value is there no his, his value is no, way lower would be like, yeah, yeah would, would be like nothing <laughs> but on the on the other side the Niners have a potential starter who's making rookie money there's why there's no reason to give that up when you don't have any other quarterbacks on your team this is not a like position that we can afford to give people away. So yeah, the people. I'm glad that Tom Brady announced his retirement so early to put that one to bed. And I firmly believe the Niners are going into the next season with Trey Lance and Brock Purdy being like the plan. It's entirely possible that Trey Lance is not good, but his yes. his sample size is so small that I'd rather just play it out. Uh, then trade him away. Cause Agreed. He- I'm tired of talking about his potential. <laughs> like, how are we still <laughs> talking about his potential at this point? Yeah, uh, yeah that's like a, the Niners a lot. are almost done dealing with the trade for Trey Lance before uh, they even get to see him play. <laughs> right? Oh, I know. It is. It, they give up so much that it's like you at least have to give it a shot. And especially with like all the uncertainty with Purdy's injury, it should be Trey Lance's job to lose going into training camp at the very least. So, yeah, should be interesting to see how that plays out. I think Mac Jones is going to stay with the Patriots, no matter all the rumors and speculations about them possibly trading him and going in a different direction. Would well, you he's agree, going Brian? to Las Vegas, you mean? Yeah, is that right. What you meant to say? <laughs> no, that's not what <laughs> to, I meant to, to say. To reunite with, uh, with Josh, Josh McDaniels. McDaniels. Yeah. Make the uh, uh, Patriots Southwest. That's, that's the joke out, I made, right? Patriots West, <laughs> that <laughs> if, if it were to happen. Well, you know it always works out, you know. Um, they brought in obvious. Bill O'Brien as like the real OC that they want to unite with. I don't. I don't look at him. Bill O'Brien as the the savior. I just look at him as finally we just have a an actual offensive minded guy at OC. <laughs> I I mean I don't think the when he was the head coach of the the Texans the the Texans never had a like top 10 offense even with Deshaun Watson like and like they were just fine or pretty good uh so I don't look at him as this offensive genius I just look at him saying hey it's it's not freaking Matt Patricia in there or or Joe Judge <laughs> like we actually have someone that 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 has an that's an offensive minded guy and 
now Mac Jones doesn't have any more excuses. Because like, last year, he was terrible, but at the same time, like look at what he was surrounded by, especially on the coaching staff. And so, I'm even though I'm no Mac Jones guy, I I certainly would give him a pass for what happened all of last season. But now this upcoming season, he has an offensive minded guy at at OC, and he'll very likely have more possibly better weapons at on offense. Although we'll have to see with guys like Myers, he could be on the way out. But I'd like to think that they'll. Uh, address uh, that side of the ball more uh, next season. Yeah, the Patriots have money to spend this offseason once yeah. again. So, yeah, I mean, it seems reasonable. I would say that Mac Jones is coming into the year under more pressure than most quarterbacks, but, you know, he should have much more of an opportunity to at least show who he is and, you know, look like a guy who can be a, a franchise quarterback, just given that Bill O'Brien is OC and not Matt Patricia and Joe Judge again. So. Um, I guess anyway, do you want to talk about fake football for a minute here? Because uh, Madden is saying that NF Madden NFL 24 is going to be a make or break year for the franchise. I know, um, you know, so Ben still plays Madden 20 pretty regularly because you refuse to get a new game. Um, are you are you going to change your mind with this news about 24? What are your thoughts on the situation? It's true. I do play Madden 20 regularly still. Uh, I am in my 10th simulation season, second league. So it's just year four of the second league, but legitimately I've played through, you know, nine seasons and then now we're, we're halfway through our 10th and the game is abysmal. If I wasn't (laughs) clinically addicted to football and more specifically simulation football, there is no reason why I would ever play this game. I encourage other people not to play it, but I love to do pretend football. So I continue to play. I I have a small league with some friends, but it's really about the storyline. It's actually, I want to tie in chat GPT to this because we've actually used chat GPT to enhance the Madden experience because really, yes, I, I started writing some Python code to be a uh, like random event generator kind of for the season. So before each season, I run this uh, program that for each team, it'll assign random events. For instance, like your head coach has an illness for a week. So uh, you have to use a different playbook or uh, a certain player will get like a, uh, an opportunity to earn more like, ability points if they do a certain challenge and that challenge is like randomly generated uh you have other things like you know an illness or a player goes to prison because they okay i was wondering if that was a thing it wouldn't be the nfl yeah Uh if the players couldn't you know commit uh you know assault but uh (laughs) stuff like that that makes the game have more of a realistic feeling because what you get inside of the game is so cut and dry so unimaginative and frankly, so unrealistic. Uh, you don't have to do assault, but there's plenty of other things. Like, for instance, Madden 20 doesn't even have, a, you can't hire and fire offensive coordinators or defensive coordinators. Like, legitimately, the game is broken in many ways. For instance, if you fire your head coach, 
you can open the coaching menu to see what other coaches are available to hire, but you only get to do that once. If you close that menu, it doesn't tell you this, but we know it now because we've experienced multiple times. If you close that menu, it will automatically hire a coach for you randomly. Oh, what? So you get one chance to look at the list of coaches. You can't go back and look at your roster. You can't go back and look at something else to try to make an informed decision. Not that the not the, not that having your head coach matters that much because it's so like uh like surface level you barely get anything besides like your coach's preferred scheme which barely has an impact on the game but even if you wanted it for the aesthetic let's say you wanted to get anthony lynn to be your head coach and you looked at the list and then i don't know you got distracted and exited out of that menu then guess what cliff kingsbury is your head coach now you know and it's like no and then and then you can't fire your head coach until the season ends so you're stuck with random coach for a year and it, it, at least and uh so stuff like that the game is chock full of unforgivable stuff like that um and uh we, chat gpt we've used to make it better the other thing chat gpt can can do is you can give it a bunch of information about a football game and it'll write a game summary and i i love it uh, so <laughs> I have a short one for you guys right here um, okay. that that uh, we generated with ChatGPT. Uh, so I asked ChatGPT to summarize my Monday Night Football game. Uh, I'm I'm the Panthers in this uh, franchise a- a- against the Colts. So Monday Night Football, Panthers, Colts, and uh, it, it starts like this. Uh, so apparently Jerry Seinfeld dropped in at the Chuckle Hut in Charlotte tonight, and here's what he said: "Quote Seinfeld." Football fans, gather around. I have some thoughts on the Panthers and Colts game this past weekend. First of all, can we just talk about the name Gardner Minshew? He's the quarterback of the Colts in this. Uh, Nice. It sounds like a character from a Victorian novel, not an NFL quarterback. And let's not forget his mustache. I mean, what's with that? It's like he's auditioning for a role in a movie about the Wild West. And now let's talk about Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Panthers. Oh, boy. 21 of 32 for 159 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions, and a quarterback rating of 48.8. I mean, it's like he's playing pinball, trying to avoid the bumpers and get to the high score. But seriously, the Boo Birds were out in Charlotte after Dak failed to score any points in the second half, and they were loud. I think they were even louder than the Panthers' defense, which was impressive, by the way, allowing just six points all game long. That's like finding a parking spot at the mall during Christmas. Almost impossible. And let's talk about the Panthers' defense. They sacked Minshew five times. It was like he was trying to dodge a pack of wolves. But the real hero of the night was Luke Keekley. He recovered a fumble and returned at 76 yards for a touchdown. That's like a quarterback throwing a Hail Mary, but better. So the final <laughs> score was 14-6. to six. Panthers win. It's week four, and the Panthers are 4-0. But the QB play needs some work. And for all you Panthers fans out there, let's hope that Hoya Bimbe gets a chance soon. That's the rookie backup quarterback for the Panthers. Because if not, we may have to rename the team the Carolina Defense. That's like the worst Jerry Seinfeld (laughs) (laughs) stand-up. Why so? Why was Jerry Seinfeld thrown in? Was that something like you tell it to do a Jerry Seinfeld? I said recap this game as As Jerry Seinfeld Seinfeld and um, include these facts, and then I gave it like the Dak Prescott stat line. I gave it Gardner Minshew stat line. I included some fun facts about the Carolina defense because they like 
played well. And then yeah. I included the fact that uh, L. Ron Hoyabimbe is the backup quarterback for the Panthers, and he's like the fans want him to start. It really was a Madden generated name for him. <laughs> no, that was a name I picked. For him. <laughs> uh, but it, uh, and then it gave me that, and and that was like basically no editing. You can work with it and get something a little bit more uh, cohesive. But the, mm-hmm. all of the ones that I've generated that way are much longer, so I, I won't. I'll spare you. Uh, but the okay. the fact that I can do that easily for free is proof that EA is not even trying. They, they, they don't generate stuff like this within the game, even though these are the details that make your game a truly immersive experience. Um, and let me be clear, they are not interested in doing this. When they come out with a headline that says, this next game is a make or break for us uh, because we, we care about people saying that our game sucks shit. Guess what? They don't. They've said this every single year. And, and it was make or break like five years ago. <laughs> exactly. Well, no, no, but make or break is saying break is an option. There's no consequence for them for break. Well, no, they said that if it's break, then people are losing their jobs. I don't care. I care that those I guess people will lose their a, jobs yeah. because they, uh, they will no longer be employed. That does not mean we're going to get a better game. The, the NFL and EA have one of, like, one of the most perverse monopolies in uh in in from like a football fan's perspective i mean i'm sure there's more perverse <laughs> stuff going on in the world of business but uh, if you are a fan of football you're and you want to be able to play a football video game that simulates nfl football you have one option and it's it's madden it's not even yep. close it, there are some indie games out there that are kind of simulation football but they're even worse because they don't have millions of dollars to sink into making a realistic football game believe it or not football is actually a really complicated game to make into fo- like a video game so uh, like ea is the closest but the real crime is that ea falls so short because they don't care to make a game that's realistic and and to be fair like you can counter and say uh-uh i saw nfl blitz is officially licensed by the nfl so you can play another video game that has the 49ers in it uh, and and you know and my my whatever your favorite sports team is uh, in the NFL, but that it has to be arcade. It has to be legally defined as arcade. And if it's if it's simulation, then EA can sue them. EA has a exclusive uh, claim on uh, simulation football, but they refuse to like fully utilize that. For EA, the moneymaker is Ultimate Team. Microtransactions are the name of the game. They. I haven't checked the most recent year, so I don't know the specific numbers. But in the past, they've made more money off of Ultimate Team than off the sale of the game itself. They give out hundreds, I don't know, maybe thousands of copies of the game for free because it's like uh, you know, giving somebody that first little dose of... Uh, maybe we can go back to the bears at the beginning, a little dose of cocaine. <laughs> Get them hooked. Ooh, that microtransaction felt good, and you didn't even have to pay any money. Next thing you know, you're stealing mom's credit card and running it up because you want to get you basically you, you want to pay to win. You want to get the best cards so you can go online and dominate some some scrubs who are too poor to buy a really good team in Madden Ultimate Team. And franchise mode is is just an afterthought. And the yeah. reason why I'm I'm you so don't make money pessimistic. Is yeah, making it better will not make them more money, yep. and that is the only thing that matters to them. So th- when they say this is a make or break year, good, go break. 
it doesn't matter because whoever gets fired and gets replaced, I guarantee you will still be accountable to the bottom line. And franchise mode is not going to make you any more money than the sale price of the of the game. So it this means nothing. And the fact that we're even paying attention to it is people paying attention to promotional material for the upcoming Madden. People will remember make or break. Oh, now I don't even think about twice about it. If they were ever going to buy it at all. Um, it's it's the go-to game, and there's always a new generation of young gamers who are getting into the NFL, and they're going to buy it. As long as there's an exclusive deal between EA and the NFL, we will never have another good football game. So part of my mindset on this when it comes to new versions of games is like, okay, you have like new players, new rosters, whatever, but also with the way that sports leagues are changing their rules, they're changing the product, you at least get that value. Like if you get Madden 24, even if the game itself is not a overall improved, at least your franchise mode has 17 game regular seasons and seven teams make the playoffs instead of six. But is that enough reason to get the game? I don't know. I'm personally, (laughs) yeah. So I, I plan on getting MLB 23, the show, uh, partially because my MLB 21 got corrupted and is no longer playable. Uh, so I need a new one, but I'm going to wait for 23 instead of just getting 22 now because when 23 comes out, you get all the new rule changes. Like we can talk about it in spring training, you're already seeing it with the pitch clock and like no shifts and you have more teams make the playoffs, like all these little things that like, okay, it's a more realistic experience. But then again, how long before they make more changes that this is completely like obsolete and irrelevant? So I don't know if that's a way to look at it. As someone who likes franchise mode on video games, I would want them to be really good. 2K23, I play that a lot. I have a lot of fun with it. It, it looks exactly the same as 2K20. Like There's like very little difference between 2K23 and 2K20 outside of the players. Like That's it. So right. that's kind of a frustrating thing. And I, I like thought the next gen PS5 version would have more things to it. That's just not a place to do it. I assume 2K is the same way. We make more money off my team than off my league because of yes. all the, you know, the no, 2K23 is insulting. I mean, Madden is bad, but 2K23 has taken the microtransaction to a new level. It, it is uh, like even more predatory because of the way that they've changed I like I recently watched a video about this but like they basically devalued the currency <laughs> made everything more expensive um and made it like the the rate which you earn it by playing my career against the computer less so they're basically like you have to pay money to do this and there's all these other ways that they in, like make it so that you have to spend money to, to even enjoy the game. Like, for instance, walking around the park, your player walks really slow, but you can spend actual money <laughs> to get, like, a skateboard or, like, a scooter <laughs> so you can go around <laughs> essentially what the menu is faster. Are you kidding me? That is That's... that is so, like, openly antagonistic to your customer base. And you're saying, like, we are going to make your existence hell unless you're willing to open that pocketbook up, which is why the internet has actually been tragic for sports games. It used to be that we needed a yearly release so you could get the latest rosters, you could get uh, you know, the new rule changes, whatever, but also it was the only update your video game was going to get. There was no way the, for you to fix bugs or to change anything once those discs hit the shelves. 
Now you can release a game that fully does not work on release day. Mm-hmm. Madden is, has gone through this with franchise it happens mode, regularly. Where there are, yeah. yeah, there are people who will start out a franchise and then a, a, a major update will fix bugs and completely destroy what they've already built. Like the, the uh, kind of the understanding right now is like you really should wait a few months before even attempting franchise mode because it's like a guarantee that first of all, it's already broken. And second, that whatever you do will eventually be unusable because of fixes. So if you look back at a game like um, Madden 08 or any of the 2K NFL games, there are so, it's actually crazy. It almost seems impossible, but they're better football games than we currently get. Gameplay wise, some of them, yes. Graphics wise, definitely not. But no. from a perspective of simulation football, and in immersive experience, it doesn't get better. This is an example of the myth of progress, right? We think every year things get newer and better, and we have better technology, so we're able to deliver on video games, right? That should easily be true. But it's not, because the incentive isn't to make a better video game. The incentive is to make more money. And the way you do that is with microtransactions and not wasting your time investing in making an immersive uh, gaming experience. MLB The Show, I've heard, is actually really good at doing that. And um, 2K, if you play my league in 2K23, mm-hmm. is actually really good this year. Um, you can actually choose any year in history to start your league, and it'll have all the correct rosters. And the broadcast like interface changes with the times. So when you're oh, like, really? go, it'll have like the old ESPN and uh, and and all that other stuff. Uh, oh, like- actually, no, I did see that. Yeah, so I I haven't done that personally. I've only been playing in 2022, 23. But that is a really cool concept. Even like one thing they do is every game, the PA announcers are the real life announcing team. So it's mm-hmm. different, and it's like you know when I play the Celtics, I'm like this is the voice that I've heard at Celtics games for the last twenty years. And if I go to a different team, you can like hear that. Like it's just you know like a little thing that just makes it slightly more realistic. So yes, it is a little thing, but all those little things combined add up. And yeah. when you don't do any of those little things, you end up with a uh, a product that misses out on all the things that make us love these sports. So it, it is honestly, it, like, I'm sounding so serious right now, but <laughs> the, the state of video game football is so abysmal um, that I, I feel like I'm living in the worst timeline. There is like some other Benjamin existing in some parallel timeline where EA never got an exclusive deal with the NFL and just whoever makes the best football video game sells the vest and those guys are living it up honestly in that universe i probably don't have uh like a good career or a girlfriend or a house like in that in that one all i'm doing is uh like hooking an iv into my into my arm (laughs) and uh in like trying to find a way to power my xbox so i can continue playing uh, my Uh, totally immersive uh football video game so maybe it's better that it doesn't exist but it's still a tragedy to me that we will probably never see it. The current uh, exclusive rights deal between EA and the NFL ends in 2026. Uh, okay. And that deal was struck in 2020. So, uh, but, but the, again, there's no reason for the NFL to go in a different direction because they license this out to make more money and to promote the NFL. And believe it or not, it does, you know, mm-hmm. I, oh, I it gets a NFL. lot of young kids into like, yeah. the NFL. Yeah, Madden Madden, so. Madden was a big part of that. And when you're a stupid mm-hmm. little kid, you don't understand that you're getting much <laughs> less than you could be. 
And there's no uh, excuse for you to not be getting that. So anyways, yeah. I'll, I'll uh, climb down off my high horse at this point. But um, I guess bottom line, do not listen to EA saying that they actually care about fixing the game. I can guarantee that it will still be garbage and you should not spend your money on it. Go play MLB The Show. Um, go play, honestly, uh, something that isn't a, uh, a sports video game. And go play sports in real life. <laughs> <laughs> I bought I bought a PlayStation 5 recently. And I bought, I bought one game. It was Call of Duty Cold War. But when I tried downloading it, it wouldn't download at all. I'd like to think it was just defective. Like that there was it was because it was a used Call of Duty game. And I'd like to think it was just a bad game that they gave me or like bad disc. So I went to go return it. They they didn't have any extra ones, so they said I can either get credit and put on a card or you can just get another game or, or whatever that equals that amount. And I noticed that Madden twenty three was the same amount, so I decided, you know what, I'll just switch the game and I'll get Madden. And I got to tell you, after a few days, I regretted my decision because it wasn't very good. I played franchise mode, and you guys are talking about little things. Well, so Belichick is not the coach, but it's because nope. he's not part of the Players Association. Right. The coaches, so yeah. It's just going to be some random guy in a hat. And what is his like, name? Yeah. Is it Chad Masters? No, it was like it was like Jeff Gaffney or something weird, <laughs> something like that. Something okay. like that. And they gave him some random yeah, yeah. name and... It doesn't even look anything like Belichick, which I know is the point, but I played it and I I played it like I was, you know, the owner of a franchise making these moves and uh and even did a draft for a little bit, but it was just like this this is not as good as other past video games, whether if it's Madden or other different sports games. It it just it, it wasn't it wasn't very fun at all, really. And yeah, I I, 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 didn't, I I regret my decision <laughs> on buying it. Yeah. So my first first ever game playing a PlayStation Five, and I I was not having fun. <laughs> yeah, it's a bad yeah. situation. And EA, like honestly, the public advocacy that I do and a lot of other creators do, which is like, don't buy Madden. I don't think we'll ultimately end, end up doing anything. But it's the only message we can send to them is like, stop paying money for this game. It's terrible. We deserve better as football fans. But like I said, there have been games where I enjoyed the franchise mode a lot more, like baseball. Like I, yes. I loved MV, mm-hmm. MVP baseball 2005 with Manny oh, Ramirez on the cover. Yeah. That's always talked about. But I also agree with it. It's like one of the best baseball games ever, and yep. that's a game I def I definitely gives me nostalgia. And the other, well, the other thing play. is the yearly release schedule is a is a like is a mistake. It's totally unnecessary at this point. If you are, you know, you can push out fixes whenever you want. You can push out roster updates whenever you want. You don't need a new game just to put, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes' new haircut in the game. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, like, that is another thing that, that they should step away from. It'll make a better gaming experience. But, again, it's all about the bottom line, baby. Who's yeah, making the most money, money doing that? Yeah. Uh, so, it's just, I, I, I'm black-pilled at this point. I don't think it'll ever happen. I think we're in for a lifetime of garbage um, and our only hope is to become fans of a better sport as far as uh, sports go, which baseball actually sounds like the best one. I, I can't really speak to it as much because I, I don't know baseball like that, but just seeing what I've seen from like when Corey streams uh, sometimes the MLB video game, uh, it's way yeah. more immersive and seemingly true to the real sport than, than you'll get out of, uh, out of Madden and EA. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I would agree with that. Um, 
are you gonna get into baseball now that games are only gonna be two and a half hours long instead of three hours long? Are you talking about so me they, or Ben? <laughs> <laughs> so they finally jazzed it up. They finally uh-huh. get, <laughs> they're finally changing it. No, I'm definitely not. I wish I liked baseball because it's on so much, but just don't doesn't really interest me. I mean, it doesn't really in- change my interest on whether if I get the game or not, but uh, seeing that the full slate of games yesterday was on an average two hours and thirty seven minutes, ah, oh, music to my ears. How much? Awesome. How long are they usually? Uh, uh, like four hours. hours, an eternity, Yo. your lifetime. That's how long <laughs> they are. I think the average regular season game was like two hours and fifty eight minutes or something like that. I might just make up the fifty eight. Uh, it's, it, it, it's like it, it just under three hours. It might, yeah. I mean, maybe uh, playoffs. It's ridiculous. Oh, but, playoffs is ridiculous because they micromanage everything and they need every uh, single pitching matchup to work with whoever the batter is, and it's just, it's just. Yeah, I mean, it's it, so it, it means more at that point. You know? I know, but, but it's just it takes uh, forever. I remember yeah. being might as well play on a computer. computer lab. <laughs> I remember being in the computer lab in college and like getting out at like two AM or something and the Cubs uh were still it playing. wasn't two AM, but and yeah. It was in the yeah, middle of the game night. seven of the world series. Game seven of the world well, series also, it was great theater, but it took like five hours. There was a one hour rain delay in the ninth inning. It still took forever. Oh, okay. I didn't realize there was a rain delay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And uh, it went to extras for, for an extra yeah. inning. It went to ten innings. Mm-hmm. Right, I do yeah. remember that, and it just lasted freaking forever. But even if you take out the the rain delay, it still took four hours or so, and it's just it's gotten ridiculous to the point where baseball has it had to need to make these changes on adding a pitch clock. And so what happened yesterday was it, the Red Sox are playing the Braves, and it was a tie game, six to six, with two outs, bases loaded. And then all of a sudden, the batter got called for strike three because he needed to get in the box, and he wasn't. Oh, he wasn't in wow. the box in time, and so they they called him out, and the game ended. And that was the end of the game. <laughs> and, and it's created all this chaos, and uh, I love that. I love that. Look, if that happened in real meaningful games, the way that played out, like yeah, I, I get why I people would, would be upset. Uh-huh. But because was somebody it's in a like holding game, him back and like not letting him no, get in the box, like let no, me in, let just, me in, and they're like, yeah, and that's it strike was, three. It was entirely on him, and like. For the first spring training game, that kind of thing is more expected than as the regular season starts. Like you basically have, in addition to getting ready for baseball season, getting ready to understand the rules. So ideally, by the time real baseball exactly. starts, you're, you're playing, players will be more ready and prepared for it. Exactly. You're if you're gonna do something like that, umpires wise, you might as well do it now and really mm-hmm. put an emphasis and put it in jam it into players' heads that like, hey, this is gonna be a thing this year. Uh, and you got to be ready uh, for the pitch clock, uh, batter, like you, batters you, and pitchers. You guys are pretty in favor of this. Has anybody been yes. kind of si- baseball signing, purists like, hate it? Yeah, yeah. Baseball they- purists <laughs> like they're like part of the beauty of the game is the strategy, the the cat and mouse game. And look, it just that hasn't always been the way it was. Like baseball games used to regularly only last two hours up until like the eighties or nineties when all of a sudden pitchers and batters started working so slowly, got to adjust their gloves, step off the mound, pick off, move every other pitch. Like it just, it it didn't become that way until recent. So it is such like a lazy take to say, Oh, this isn't how baseball is meant to be played because baseball is always meant to be played at a fast pace. That's how it always was. They just didn't need a pitch clock to make it happen. In my opinion, every batter should flip their bat. Even if they didn't get a hit, that's the most important (laughs) part of baseball is to flip the bat. 
Well, yeah, I mean, if you strike out, you're probably going to do some kind of bat flip or, you know, break it or <laughs> Well, something. that's like something that baseball purists hate, right? They're like, that guy flipped his bat some after hitting guys, a home yeah. run. The disrespect. Yeah. Yeah. How it's a, It's an unwritten rule to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think, like, more and more people are kind of, like, realizing, all right, this kind of rocks. There are times where it's a little, like, over the top and excessive still, but I think for the most part it is more of a positive than a negative to see players celebrate and, you know, yeah, it just reminds me. Runs. It reminds yeah. me of the no fun league era, where you know if you players are celebrating, it's a penalty. Which yeah. I know it's not. It, in it, baseball, it's gone but. across all sports. Uh, I watched the Celtics Pacers game the other day, and Tyrese Halliburton and Marcus Smart were going at it. And then there was one play where Marcus Smart, you know, he made a basket over Halliburton, and he went like this. He just he just flexed his muscles it's- for a half a second, and they called a tech on him. It's like okay, that, I, that, taunting to me is different than just celebrating. Well, it's not right? like he. It's not like he's like, oh, in your face, you know, f you, suck it. Like he was just like, he just did a, a, a yeah, flex. Yeah. That's it. That's all he did. And they that sounds a like a him. soft call, but in general, like I do think that you should draw the line somewhere on uh, like players like getting each other's faces versus just being joyful to no one right like not necessarily yeah. like it'd be one thing if like the batter like winds up and tomahawk just, throws his bat at the <laughs> like picture, <a> th- yeah. <laughs> you know but, <laughs> but just throwing it in the air i i think this, uh-huh. it's a fair game yeah no there's yeah, a line I mean, I, it's, I but i don't want to be like what you said with the nfl no fun leak uh, yeah there there are certain celebrations that i i think are fine but then there are ones that go too far Yep, well, that's fair. I I guess just on the outside looking in, the shot clock in baseball sounds great, and it did a lot for uh, basketball. So hopefully, it can do a lot here. Too. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, I um, I think it, it's painful watching uh, basketball without a shot clock. I saw it was probably like a couple weeks ago. Now there was a high school game; they didn't have a shot clock. The game ended four to two. <laughs> the teams literally just like wasted an entire quarter on possession, just throwing the ball around, and like, it, it, yeah, they. I saw like a super like fast like version of it. Obviously, not the full like you know game, but just insane. So, um, I'm very excited for opening day. You know, I I love baseball. It it doesn't take long for me to give up on my teams not being very good, but uh, you know, still still ready for that and just like the fact that it'll be spring and better weather and everything that comes with it. But even before that, I'm excited for March Madness. Uh, I know, Brian, you're a huge fan of college basketball this time of year. and Yeah, I, I'll be honest with myself. When it comes to like the NBA and college basketball, like I'll be honest. Like I, I follow the pro game way more than the college game, and I can't really analyze, give you real analysis uh, on college basketball, but it's just the college basketball tournament is so fun that mm-hmm. that I can't help but watch it. Yeah, nothing beats that that opening weekend with a wall to wall. Oh, I wait! I games. waste so much time on my bracket that will finish in the twenty two percentile anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, oh, this team has got the best three point percentage in the nation. Watch out for this team. This this team's a real sleeper. They lose by twenty. <laughs> Yep, yep, yep. It happens every year. I know. I oh, yeah, I always fall for that like 13 seed South, South Dakota, Dakota State, State Jackrabbit yep. team. Oh, yep. It's like oh, they all the three pointers, and then they score like 47 points in a loss in the first round. Like, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm, um, I'm, I fall for that team all yeah. the time, and I and I probably will do it again. <laughs> yeah. So college basketball, like this 
time of year, even though like we're still a few weeks away from the actual tournament, it, it really starts to get exciting. Like more eyes are on it. Football is over. People are looking for other things. And it was an incredible weekend. And I, I'd love to talk a little bit about some of those games. But unfortunately, there's a pretty big story in college basketball that has more to do with things off the court. Um, and that's what's going on at Alabama right now. So I guess are you guys fairly in tune with the situation. Yeah. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Alabama star freshman Brandon Miller um, has been allegedly involved with a murder that took place involving the Alabama basketball team back in January. Uh, I think the first thing that's worth pointing out is like this is a serious, like horrible tragedy that happened. Jamia Jonay Harris, 23 years old, young mother, um, she was murdered by. Uh, I believe it was actually a friend of Darius Miles who was the actual murderer, but Darius Miles was involved. Uh, former scholarship player at Alabama who's since been you know kicked off the team, arrested, facing capital murder charges. And uh, time kind of went on. Alabama, number two team in the country, number one in the selection committee's unofficial uh this is what the tournament would look like if it was held in february instead of march and this week there was a report from the i guess alabama district attorney that said that brandon miller allegedly provided darius miles with the gun and uh there's a lot of uncertainty with this you know a lot of uh unknown i guess but i think a lot of takes have come out of this whole situation just given the way that it has been handled by the university by miller by head coach nate oates so um, i mean the the quote by nate oates in the press conference just insane saying that uh when he he was like this is on tuesday that it happened so Note said that Miller was not in any trouble. He said, we knew about that, talking about the incident. Can't control everything everybody does outside of practice. So just an insane quote. College basketball coaches in Division One can control what their players do. They can take their phone away. They can put them on schedules, like make them go to certain things at certain times. Uh, And that's also just an insane thing to say, like, yeah, we can't control what our players do when you're talking about a murder. Um (laughs) College, nobody knew that was going to happen. College kids are out. Brandon hasn't been in any type of trouble, nor he is in any type of trouble in this case. Wrong spot at the wrong time, even though he was the one who put himself in this wrong spot. Like, it's just, it's insane. Um, So I guess just like, what are your guys' thoughts on the fact that this all has come out and Miller is still playing and Oates is still coaching? Well, when it comes to the coach, I, I I don't think he should be fired, but it was brutal to say what he said. <laughs> it was a really insensitive comment uh, for what he said that day, but I don't think he should be fired for it. When it comes to the Brand- Brandon Miller himself, look, I, I, I don't have a strong case on whether he should or should not play. When I first heard about this story, part of me was like, wow, like I, he should be put on a definite leave. Not be kicked out the team, but just be put on leave for for the time being. And the only reason why he's out there is because is uh, the the basketball team at Alabama is finally better than the football team. And Brandon Miller is uh, he's a lottery pick for next season, projected after Wembenyama and Scoot Henderson. Like after those two guys, he's projected as the third guy, and he's only out there because he's this high valued prospect. And 
Alabama basketball is finally good and their college basketball is turning a blind eye to it. But that's my first reaction. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I I don't really have a strong case of what, whether he should or should not play or if he should be on the team still or not. But what I will say is that I did not like what uh like while this has been going on, there was a game where he played, and when they're announcing the starting lineups, yes, this is and on they Saturday. They announced his like he's high fiving, and one guy did a pat down on Brandon Miller, and that's like, and apparently they've been doing that all year. But even so, like that's that's so that's Read so bad room. to do yeah. that. That's that's so wrong. Even if you're completely one hundred percent innocent, like, to do that for a, a, a you know pregame celebration is so low. Yeah. I guess my question is, where do you draw the line? Because I guess if he's not in any legal trouble, like it is a bad look, but how bad does the bad look have to be where it's like reasonable to interfere with his basketball? Yeah, um, and it, I think it's it's like, a fair thing to say is that he's not being charged with anything. So I right, understand. and that's the thing. So uh, I guess is it? I honestly probably should know more about guns, but like. Um, did, was it his gun that he gave to this person? That's what they're reporting. Was, that it was so his his gun that it was or he Miles' gave the gun. gun. Yeah, it was it, Miles' gave, gun in Miller's possession. Right, he that's gave what it was. to yeah, Miles. Miles, who, gun, Miles gave possession. it to his friend, who then shot and killed somebody. Ah, uh, interesting. Yeah, I don't know what the like law is on like. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's it's Alabama, like, so I think that their right. their gun laws anything, are probably less than other states, but. Let's be clear. The gun did nothing wrong. Okay, uh, that's number one. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I like. I guess in a situation like this, I don't know how to feel because it'd be one thing if they had proof of him being like, "This is a gun that I want you to go kill this person with." Okay, think of me as you're pulling the trigger. And th- another thing where it's like these guys you play with guns a lot, and this guy just happened to hand it to him or give it to him, put it in his possession before he used it wrong, when in a million other situations he did that and he didn't use it wrong, right? I, I don't know. I think there's a lot of things that can go wrong when you hand somebody else a gun. But, uh, Seems- but I, again, it's like it could. It, we could be looking at this in a situation where they're trying to villainize him because he's very, a very prominent person and being involved in something like this is a terrible look. But not knowing enough about guns for me to say one way or the other... I feel like it's tough to be like, you should sit out of your most important only season of basketball in college because this is low-key a bad look, you know? I feel It'd like... be similar to, like, remember when Jameis had to sit because he said, oh, I'm going to really take advantage of uh, you guys' new explicit. He said, fuck it right in the pussy in, yes, the, uh, uh... in, in the look room. That was a bad look, you know? But it's not illegal. And, um, I, like, the coaches decided to make him sit, but even that you could argue he was it was more his fault than than this i I don't know yeah so i don't know it it seems like it should be relatively standard that athletic departments would have like a no gun rule with their players because that just seems like something that would only lead to bad things and not really good things like something like that's really gonna make it tough for the for the rifle team well i guess yeah you're right and i think that would be a slightly different scenario but i genuinely believe that this taking place in alabama has a big deal like compared to this was like new york yeah right yeah because i mean this is america and alabama is one of the most america places in america (laughs) Uh, and um like like i said before the gun did nothing wrong so there's like 
It's it, I don't know. Like I guess I'm playing devil's advocate. No, and I, I think that's... definitely a lot of outrage against this guy right yeah. now. Yeah, but it's I I think that if you try to logic that out, it's it's hard to get to the point where you're like, this is where he broke the law and therefore should not be on the court. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of it comes down to what would happen if Brandon Miller wasn't the star player on the number two team in the country. Like for so. I think a lot like of people one would the story get this much attention, but two would he well, even no. be on the team? Still? Would he be? Yes, would he be allowed to play, or would it be like like, like oh you know, this, if, is, this is this is that this is going to hurt our basketball team if he's not on the team? So like he, we gotta keep have him keep playing. Like, but if this was like exactly. some twelfth so, man bench guy, he probably wouldn't even be on the team anymore. Which Darius Miles was a scholarship player. I mean, when you commit murder, like that, you don't have a choice there, but. Um, he, he was not like a star player. He was a rotation player, but he wasn't a starter for them if the roles were reversed. And Miller was the one who was, you know, convicted of capital murder. And it's like, oh yeah, this like eighth man on the bench was the one who gave him the gun. I don't know. Um, right, right. But then you have to ask yourself, even if that bench player is getting kicked off the team, is that justice, right? Just because it doesn't take a lot for a player, because I think a player in that situation, you have to ask yourself, is their contribution to the team outweighing the distraction that they are for the team? And that's a pretty, that's easy math to do for somebody who doesn't contribute very much. Uh-huh. Um, but that doesn't justify, uh, you know, taking them off the team necessarily because they're like a slight distraction if they're completely innocent. It's like, again, to agree with that guy, and not to like outward agree with that guy, but like, um, like wrong place, wrong time, even if it's a different situation. It, you can cut that guy easily, but that doesn't necessarily make it right. Yeah, I mean, that that phrase is definitely getting a lot of traction. And I guess in the case of Miller, in terms of contributions, he scored 41 points the next night in a Killer Instinct. I know, in a game that the Gamecocks hit, looked, hit the like they were tying to basket to send it to overtime, <laughs> the winner with 0.9 seconds left. Yeah, I mean, that, that was brutal. Um, he only assisted one of his teammates, didn't in regulation, waited till the very end in overtime to do it. So, uh, and then, yeah, he had 24 against Arkansas and a, a big win on Saturday after the whole pat down introduction. So when I first heard this, I, um, I guess I was going through Twitter and I was just seeing a bunch of reactions from people that were like very vague about Nate Oates and Alabama. I was like, uh, I, apparently there's new information, Brandon Miller sounds similar to Darius Miles, so I like didn't realize there were two different people at first. And then uh, when I like first actually got the full details, it was a video by Clay Travis. And I'll say I'm not a big fan of Clay Travis and Outkick the coverage in general, but I watched a video because you know I was like, okay, he's gonna start going off here. It felt like for the most part he was just presenting facts about it. Did weigh in on his opinions that he believes that it's insane that Miller wasn't kicked off the team and that Nate Oates wasn't suspended given everything that had come out and the way that they had been talking about it. Um, and I like didn't really think much of it, but then all of a sudden Alabama fans are starting to say like Clay Travis and others are racist, that they are just trying to bring down a prominent successful black player, um, you know, black man just in general. And now I've like left like, do they have a point? Or are we just being gaslit into saying like this guy who provided a gun and a murder shouldn't be playing basketball right now? So I, I think that's just like another added nuance. And uh, yeah. I know Alabama fans are very much like they have. There's enough lack of evidence to be able to say he's just a witness to the crime and not an accomplice. Like he's not someone who 
should be punished. Like everything is totally fine. The pat down. Oh, he's been doing it all year. Who cares that he's still doing it? I, I don't know. I, I how much of that is just Alabama fans being way too supportive of their player versus having a point. I think that's something that's also kind of like got in my head here. So uh, it's a it's an unprecedented situation. I feel like uh, when it comes to a star college player on like a really good team this late in the year and like how that weighs in to like this scenario that's already just insane it's a really strange it's it's a crime i'm very unfamiliar with which is the providing of the murder weapon right yeah and, right. and it's like what all comes out of that like uh, what what agreement are you entering into with the recipient of a gun when you're handing it to them i don't know i really don't know and i think that would inform my my uh like idea here because mm-hmm. in a vacuum it sounds bad yeah right? right it's like i gave this guy a gun and then he, he shot somebody shot someone it. immediately like, not even like yeah. oh this is like three months later like no that night you drove it to him he's texting you saying there's a bullet in the chamber or whatever the phrase was like i'm going to use this so right but it's like at the same time it's surprising sometimes when you look at the rights that are afforded to Americans, especially in some of these states in the South with guns. And, mm-hmm. um, like, I like it, hate it or, or love it. You know, uh, you, you, that kind of is how we go with justice. So again, if, if Alabama thinks it's a bad enough look to cut him, that's their prerogative. But at the same time, it would be their prerogative to not kick him off the team. If he didn't do anything that was technically wrong uh whether the court of public opinion uh uh the court of public opinion agrees with that or not yeah well there's also a big difference between illegal and wrong so that's and that, that's another yes thing. that's definitely yeah. true uh-huh. so that would yeah. be kind of the the difference there it's funny ben that you said multiple times that so the gun did nothing wrong like he's a human being <laughs> i called the gun to the stand <laughs> <laughs> listen the, the gun first of all the gun could be a girl too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think in this country, if anybody has rights, it's guns. So uh, you know, I'm just pic- I'm just picturing the gun actually on the stand, and then like my cousin Vinny comes up to him and says, "Like, would you say you did nothing wrong? I, I guess you could say that. I did. I did say that. Would you say that? <laughs> uh, Is the guilty party in the in the?" court with us today could you point them out and then like the, the whole just... place like whoa like, ducks underneath <laughs> the fuse as the gun points at him. <laughs> uh, that is how some people actually think though i mean that is uh, you're you're being facetious but like not not really so <laughs> I, I don't know like it or hate it that is the uh the country we're in you know that's uh it, part of what makes us different uh like it or hate it, I, I think it's pretty tough to put that back in the that genie back in the bottle. So it's just you kind of have to deal with it. Yeah, I was so I, I watched the first episode of the new season of You today, and Joe is in London for this season, and they they did like in the first episode make some joke about him like having a gun on him or something because he's American, and in his head he's like, I wish I did because you know he doesn't like the people he's with. Um, <laughs> anyway, so as much as like the Brandon Miller story has dominated college basketball in the last week, this is a really good weekend. I don't. Did you guys see any of the highlights of all the crazy like comebacks and buzzer beaters and stuff? So. University of Iowa was down 
by 13 points. I saw that one. Have to go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was insane. Five three-pointers in the last 90 the, seconds to go to overtime and beat Michigan State. Wow. What's wild yeah. is that Michigan State, they were five-and-a-half-point underdogs. They were up by 13, yep. like I said, with a minute-and-a-half yep. left, and then they blow the lead, they go to overtime, and they lose by six. Lose by six, <laughs> yeah. Just a That's a horrible, horrible bad beat. Horrible beat, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and then today, Iowa's women's team beat number two Indiana, Caitlin Clark, buzzer beater. Just She's so much fun to watch. I, I love seeing highlights of her. Obviously, I want the Gamecocks to go back-to-back, but if we don't win, it would be nice to see um, Caitlin Clark and Iowa go on a nice little run because she's capable of doing that on any night. Um, Arizona State, Arizona, you guys see that one? So Arizona, number 17 in the country. They were at home. Uh 88-86, they're up. Arizona State is three seconds left, and uh, one of their players throws up a shot from beyond half court, sinks it at the buzzer. Unlike Joel Embiid, he got it off before <laughs> the buzzer sounded, so Arizona State pull off a huge upset over their rivals on the road. Yeah, th- that's, the Celtics one was wild. <laughs> Tatum making the... Uh-huh the the winning shot but then all of a sudden Embiid puts up a prayer and, and it goes in but when when the clock hit zero the ball was still in his hand which is yeah that was a wild finish it's insane and it was crazy like that happened in college basketball on multiple occasions except the shot actually counted <laughs> like someone so at Miami um, not only did they blow a 23 point comeback but a player named Jordan Miller hits a three in the corner to put Miami up five seconds to go Florida State goes down the court someone drops a game-winning three right in Jordan Miller's face so the ultimate yeah. high to the ultimate low just like that <laughs> um, and I guess uh, just you know less of a cool like crazy comeback stuff but just on a a personal kind of thing but also just in general one of my I think some of my favorite moments from college sports come out of senior night like when you when your team is up by a lot end of the game blowout win the fans are just going crazy whether it's the senior who actually plays and you know he's given it his all for four years gets like that cool like ovation going off the court that's always a special moment and even more so the senior who doesn't regularly play getting to check in and you had a really cool moment at Pitt so Aiden Fish started out as the manager of the team he was like a local kid from Murraysville and he ended up walking on getting a roster spot played very sparingly uh, but he had his senior night moment he was able to check into the game and he had this like really cool crossover drive to the hoop layup for his first two college points, um, last points of the game. Pitt beat Syracuse 99-82 when the buzzer sounded. The whole bench went and mobbed him, just a dog pile. That, that was a really cool moment. So not just like as a Pitt fan, but just like seeing that in general. Um, love love those senior night stories. So uh, Pitt has kind of become my team because North Carolina is such a, a disaster and South Carolina is literally a disaster this year. So like, North Carolina, they were like what preseason number one. Preseason and now, number now one. Now they're on the yeah. bubble of making it possibly making it in barely making yeah. it in or barely being out of the tournament. That's, yep. Yep. That's yeah. Not not good. No, not good at all. Did beat number six Virginia at home. So finally the first quad one win of the season, one and nine. That that will definitely uh, help their case of getting it. It will help for sure. I, I think like Joe Lenardi said, it doesn't put them in the field. They're still in the first four out, but you know, it, it, it helps more than hurts, obviously. So Well that um, if <laughs> when you're on the bubble, there are certain teams, big big uh college basketball school teams 
will benefit. Like there'll be some bias. Oh yeah, like, there's Syracuse definitely a lot the of past, bias. They're by. Uh-huh. They're, I remember there was one year they were a ten seed, and and so many people complained about them being in, and then all of a sudden they made the final four. Yeah, North Carolina is definitely getting the benefit of preseason number one. Went to the national championship game last year. Like just the brand of North Carolina. That's what I'm saying. Uh, like like I, the brand is going to help them. Um, yeah. Get in over a team that is on the bubble but doesn't have that as big of a brand as they do. Yeah, no, I'm very much willing to admit that. So, I mean, it would be cool to... I would rather them make the tournament than miss it as a preseason number one, but I'm definitely not expecting another crazy run like last year. So, that's all I have for college basketball. We had a few more potential topics. Uh, we're running longer than I expected, so I'm okay stopping it here. But When have I heard have that any... before? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, it's a, it's a fail. Um, you know, we our goal was 60 to 90 minutes. We went over, but I think that's also kind of natural when you have a third person on, and we always love having Benjamin Carlson as a guest. Yeah, um, that's fine. So. Hey, thanks. Yeah, and I enjoy coming on here to talk to you guys. Yeah, and uh, of course, check out Apple Chat, whether it's Cocaine Bear or any of the other recent movies you've reviewed and will review in the future. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it will only be a matter of time before we have you back. Well, Brian and I will continue to kind of operate under this type of format as long as we can. Uh, I'm sure we'll spend a lot of time on NFL free agency and March Madness and like those coming episodes. Um, one goal we have is to do some drafts. So... I think that's something that's really popular with other podcast formats. I think we just, I love the top five. I think I'm like way too married to it just because of the whole LeBron Drake intro that I put together <laughs> five years ago. Uh, but, you know, drafts are a common format for a reason. So we have some ideas. I think if we do like one a month from, you know, March last April into you know, July, August, I think that would be cool. So, um, so wait, love- are you guys talking about drafts in like the, nebulous sense where it's like top five draft or like what were your first five draft picks and drafting things that are yellow yeah kind of i mean and then you're like i don't gotta know. go with bananas yeah you know, bananas they're like they're bananas one one yeah 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 yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. yeah that and the other guy's like oh i knew you were gonna do that you yeah. know and it's like okay well for my number one pick i'm taking uh you know lala from teletubbies well, yes, that's a good one. You know, I go with SpongeBob, it, obviously. Uh, SpongeBob, that's a huge miss. Like, it's a steal. Right. Brian wins yeah. the Twitter poll. Oh, that was my sleeper <laughs> pick. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that that kind of concept. So got it. Got yeah. it. Yeah, we have a couple ideas. We'll probably have to come up with a few more. I do like that yellow one. I I I really got into that. <laughs> so. uh, I've seen the I've seen one on on TikTok that was like greetings so it's like gotta go with hello (laughs) (laughs) yo is a real grit and grind kind of like is that a uh, real one or just like someone making fun of drafts i think it's like an absurdist version of it yeah but i mean i guess what is the real version what would you draft that's like actual All right. I think that's how we're going to wrap this one up then. So for our guest host, Benjamin Carlson, regular co-host, Brian Wells, I'm Cordovati. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>